Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the podcast. Today, Glenn Beck tells you about what's coming up on the podcast. Oh my! Oh my God! That's it. That's really how you're gonna you're gonna come in here, sit in the chair, mm-hmm. and you're gonna introduce the podcast that way. I think that's what people want. They want to hear you and your incredible descriptions of the things you already said. I can't work like this. <laughs> it's a hostile work environment. Uh, Matt Kibbe is in today. Matt Kibbe talking about Fauci Mm -hmm. uh, and what the CDC is about to do, uh, protecting uh, Moderna and Pfizer for all time on this uh, COVID by by making by having the FDA approve it for children. They'll lock in uh, the right to never be sued. It is it's sick what's going on. Sarah Gonzalez joins us talking uh, drag queen uh, brunches. She's got new video. Oh, we have the guy who is just nailed by the FBI for I I don't know what I don't know what he was doing in front of an abortion clinic, Uh, but he's yet the latest. I think there are now up to 20 people that the FBI have grabbed. We had the latest on today. I, I think you're going to find him fascinating. And a quick correction on the show. I, I, I said his name is Herb. And yeah. I said there's no way you could ever be intimidated by a guy named Herb. And after doing some searching, there was a serial killer in California named Herb. So wow. I, I apologize for And my... there's the Herb Albert and the Tijuana Brass. Oh, he's, Do we have that, Sarah? Can we play that? Can we? Yeah, go ahead. Play that a little bit. Yeah, see? See? We may not. We're not afraid of people like Herb. But if you're listening, I mean, listen, we're clearly afraid of Herb's lawyers because <laughs> this ain't Herb Albert. <laughs> all right. All on today's podcast brought to you by Relief Factor. Relief Factor. Uh, you know, millions of people are uh, suffering from pain right now. Every day we all have something going on in our bodies. Now, know that inflammation is the main source of pain, but it is also one of the biggest sources of all of the problems that we have in our bodies, all of the disease and and illnesses. Getting rid of inflammation is so important. Relief Factor, that's what it attacks, and it's gotten me out of pain. Please try it. 70% of the people who try it go on to order more. Get your life back. A drug-free, natural way to get your life back at relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Welcome, Herb. How are you, sir? Hi, I'm all right. So this is thank you, first of all, for being on and and feel free if I kind of meander any into any place that, you know, could cause you any kind of legal trouble. Just feel free to say not going to go there. Um, But I I think we're okay. I know that you are you know, these guys are serious um, uh, uh, what they're doing. And I think it is an absolute outrage. Um, But um, you can't tell us anything about what happened but i understand you're you're ready i mean you're you're 
you're you're like okay i'm i'll i'll testify in court you bet <laughs> yeah i mean i think that obviously this is disturbing i think anyone paying attention uh, can recognize that you know over a decade in prison for a, an alleged nonviolent offense is ridiculous but i think that while it's happening i'm going to use it as an opportunity to speak up for the unborn because that's that's why I'm involved in this. And so I'm going to I'm going to do whatever I can to continue being an advocate for them. So, you know, there there we've had a couple of people and I don't want to get into your case, um, but we've had a couple of people that they've you know, they've had rifles and shotguns in their house being pointed at them and they've they've agreed to surrender. It's no big deal. Why do you think the FBI is using this force? You know, I think that what it looks like to me is that we know that the Biden administration has an extremist pro-abortion legislative and judicial agenda. And to me, it looks like they also have a prosecutorial pro-abortion agenda where all they feel they can do right now for the abortion industrial complex, which has funded their careers to this point, is hand over myself and my co-defendants and other pro-life leaders head on a platter. And so they're going to be as aggressive as they possibly can to, to, to try to silence pro-life activists, to make us feel isolated and alone and targeted. Um, but it's not going to work. We're going to continue to, to speak up for the unborn because you know, as much as it's disturbing what's happening to us, um, you know, potential jail time, having guns pointed at some of our faces and, at, you know, our, our wives and children for some people, um, it, it's nothing compared to what the government allows to be, un, uh, to be done to the unborn every single day in this country. They are the real victims here. Um, you, you were a part of a story that happened uh, a couple of years ago, I think in Washington, DC, it was you and your group that found all of those pulverized baby parts, uh, buried, right? Can you refresh my memory on this? Yeah. So that was actually only just a few months ago. Um, it seems like, it seems like every week a decade goes by. So, Yeah. Um, so in, in that case, two activists who I'm proud to work with um, named Teresa Bukovinak and Lauren Handy, uh, while doing uh, advocacy outside of um, Cesare Santangelo's clinic in Washington, D.C., they were able to intercept uh, a delivery. Uh, so the uh, uh, sorry, the the clinic. Uh, system for getting rid of what they would call medical waste um, was coming to collect the 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 medical waste, um, and they they intercepted that and were able to, right. to open open the box. And what they found inside was that you know what the clinic calls medical waste was actually the bodies of 115 murdered unborn children, five of whom were clearly um, past the age of viability, meaning they could survive outside of the womb, potentially. So um, what we're talking about in, in that case, all of them were murdered. All, every single child killed in abortion, um, you know, is, an, is a victim of injustice. But for a few of those children found, um, they're also potentially victims of crimes. It was illegal to kill children um, in the manner that he did at the age of development that they are when, when again, they can survive outside the womb. 
Um, and so that was just a really horrific discovery. Um, and, uh, and I think that the activists that were involved in actually finding the bodies are still reeling from that. I mean, they, they discovered the bodies of murder victims um, and the, the D.C. government and the federal government thus far have not done any investigation. That is insane. That. Yeah, it's insane. I mean, it's, it's just it's incredibly disturbing. But that is what the abortion industrial complex in this country is. That's what they do. They make their money by dismembering children and often coercing very poor, low income, pregnant people and families into feeling as though the only option they have is to pay them thousands of dollars to kill their unborn children. It's it's a horrific industry and it's you know, they they make millions and millions of dollars propping up this extreme injustice. And so whatever again, whatever they do to me and the co-defendants in this case, it's nothing compared to what what they're doing to these children because, you know, eleven years in prison horrifying I, i'm i'm hopeful that, that i'm not going to be indicted and i'm confident that i will be vindicated of these charges however 11 years in prison is nothing compared to having your life snuffed out before you're even old enough to take your first steps or speak your first words let me let me that just what, let me interrupt you yep. here for a second herb i just want to remind the audience uh, i don't know when it was maybe sometime last week <laughs> could have been two years ago uh, uh, i mentioned that this is why uh, authoritarian governments have got to take out religious people because they they know why they do it. They know how important it is to them and they're willing to pay the price. This isn't th- th- this is nothing that Herb, um, you know, hasn't thought about and you can hear it now. Well, you mentioned religious people, but I'm not sure if you know, I'm actually an atheist. For me, this isn't about religion. Good for you. This, to me, solely a human rights issue. I, you know, I'm against abortion in, for the same reasons that I'm against the death penalty and police brutality and, and murder of anyone, whether they're born or unborn. I believe in human rights for all human beings. Good for you. Good for you. Where do you get the, is it just your, your love for humanity? Because sometimes, and it's, this is not a, I should, should tell the audience this, I know this, and they might know it if they know the stories, but you are a progressive, um, which, you know, the early 20th century progressives are very Malthusian. I mean, it, they were the ones with eugenics and, and everything else. Um, and, you know, it, 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 progressivism, uh, the early stuff, and if it's still translated that way, is very anti-human. Well, you know, what I think is that my beliefs are simply that it's wrong to kill human beings. I, I don't think that that should be something that is partisan. Um, and I think it's interesting. (laughs) That seems pretty obvious, doesn't it? (laughs) And I don't think that this should be something that is a a religious issue or a conservative or progressive issue. I think that everyone should be able to agree that, Human babies should not be killed for profit for a billion dollar industry. Like this is something that I really don't, I I don't think needs to be a political issue, but unfortunately in this country it is. So um, help help me out on this. I went to my first uh, abortion rally a couple of years ago with my kids and, uh, and there were two kinds of people. 
they were the kinds of people that were shouting uh, and carrying signs of, you know, bloody babies and everything. And then there were those that were quietly praying, um, helping, being kind to people that were going in, but but trying to convince them not to go in. And to me, there was a, a winning tactic and it wasn't the screaming and yelling. What is your tactic? Well, so I think that people have different tactics, but what should always be at the center of your activism when you're at an abortion clinic is focusing first on the pregnant person and their needs. Because at the end of the day, when abortion is legal, they they do have a choice. Um, and so when I am at an abortion clinic um, outside, the focus has to be on serving that person because we know that the reason people are seeking abortions in this country is because most often they feel as though they cannot afford to have another child. And those are numbers from the abortion industry. They say that themselves. The Guttmacher Institute says, you know, people are seeking abortion because they, they they feel as though they have too many children. They don't have support from their partner or their parents or their community. Um, and so I think the pro-life response to that needs to be, well, we're that community. We right. will stand up and support you in whatever it takes to make it so that you feel empowered to choose life. Right. I was, life. At a, I was at a pro-life uh, women's center uh, just the other day, and they don't just they don't care about the mom and the baby just to make sure that the baby stays alive. They've got a program that runs two, three years where they provide the clothing and they provide all kinds of aftercare uh, for the mom and the child. And if we would just love one another, it it would be so much easier, so much easier, Um, not care just about winning this one battle. It's a longer term idea. Absolutely. And I think that the abortion industry is threatened by that. That's why after the Dobbs decision, we saw pro-life pregnancy centers, like you mentioned, as well as pro-life churches, be attacked. Some were firebombed, vandalized, and otherwise attacked by pro-abortion activists um, because they're they're threatened by the love that the pro-life movement has for pregnant women and young families and um, people who who need help. That's why right. we're here. We exist to help them. And so I think that there's a lot of different ways to be pro-life. You know, you can be outside the clinics, you can work at a pregnancy center, you can work in, in Congress trying to, to protect them in the law and serve pregnant people that way. Um, but I think that there there's a lot of ways to do it. And as long as we are always being peaceful and, um, and nonviolent in our activism, we will win. And, I, and I'm confident we yeah. saw this major step towards justice in the Dobbs decision when yeah. Roe v. Wade was overturned. But of course, that's not the end of the story. There's still right. thousands of children being killed despite Dobbs so, every single day. Herb, I, I've only got about a minute left, and I have to ask you, is this going to, is this, this FBI indictment, is this going to cause you to reconsider your activism at all? Oh, absolutely not. Um, if anything, I am just more passionate about speaking up for victims of violence, again, in all circumstances, not just the unborn, but their parents and all people who are at risk of being killed or abused by state-sanctioned violence, whether it's in the form of abortion or the death penalty or police brutality 
or anything else. I care about human rights for all human beings, and I will not be silenced. Yeah, good for you. And, you know, uh, Herb, uh, politically, we're on a different side of the aisle, but uh, I bet we would both be surprised how much we agree on anyone who has principles over politics I can stand with. Thank you so much, Herb. Oh, by the way, you have a um, you have a GoFundMe page, don't you? Because this is going to be very expensive. Yeah, uh, I have a, a give, send, go. A give, send, go. What is oh, it? Well, kick me off because I think they're pro-abortion. Um, mm. Give, send. It's just give, send, go. dot com slash Herb. Very Herb. easy. Okay, uh, and he's going to have to be traveling to Washington D.C. for the trial. Everything else. Last night, uh, he had 2,305. That's not going to cut it. Uh, go to givesendgo.com slash Herb. This may be the thing that you can do today to stand up against this corruption. Givesendgo.com slash Herb. Thanks, Herb. This is the best of the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program, and welcome to Sarah Gonzalez. She is Blaze TV host of the news and why it matters. Uh, And she's in real trouble because she has been falsifying videos, making which had to cost her a fortune to make these deep fakes. And she's lying about uh, these uh, drag shows. Or she's not, uh, and the video is what it is. Sarah Gonzalez is uh, here uh, with us to talk about what she experienced and the video that she captured. Yeah, thank you for uh, for having me on, Glenn. It's been quite a quite a time uh, over the last weekend gathering this footage from this particular drag brunch. Um, it was where you would not expect, which is in just in the middle of suburbia, where you would expect to be very conservative, uh, you know, an affluent neighborhood at, for those of you who, who are familiar with the area, the Shops at Legacy, a restaurant slash bar at the Shops at Legacy, having this drag brunch. And um, it said on the event where you purchase the tickets online, it said, all ages are welcome. It did give a, a viewer discretion as advised. Um, but this was clearly an all ages welcome drag brunch. So I decided to go just to see if anyone would actually bring their children knowing that there this that this was going to be raunchy. And of course, it makes they did. it worse that it's all ages are welcome. However, parental discretion is advised. This is spicy stuff. Right. Right. Okay. So. Um, do you have video? That yes. We can watch? Yeah, here's, we do. Here's the uh, vid. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Viewer discretion is advised. Yeah, please. If you're watching <laughs> the blade, please. Go ahead. So here is a, I believe this one was an actual woman uh, dressed as a dominatrix with her rear hanging out. That's definitely a man. That is a man with uh, fake breasts. People are cramming money down the fake breasts. Um, there is, at one point, uh, they ask the child to tip. Her parents are waving her arms around wildly. And here is yes, walking all the way up to tip them. And they, of course, compliment her glitter shoes. She came with the glitter shoes. She said, I wore my glitter shoes. This is such. I've seen the unedited version of this. Thankfully, Mm -hmm. you did blur the child's face out. It's important to note. Um, But definitely a child. Also, 
I mean, it's this is just the part we can air. It gets right. much more explicit than that in other parts of the video. Yeah, at one point they were giving away uh, sex toys as prizes for their contests that they were having, and so I have footage of I'm I'm filming them giving away the sex toy with the little girl right there in the background. And the most bizarre thing to me is that everyone around me did not. It didn't even register Sarah, I, on their radar. This mm. is Stu and I've been talking Incredible. off off the air. I'm 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 I uh, I didn't even know how to explain it. I am in a place right now I have never been before spiritually, um, and uh, I, I don't even know how to express it other than evil is everywhere. It is closer than you think and farther down the road than you think. It's yeah. everywhere. And this is kind of goes into what we were talking about off the air, Stu, about look at she's she's in a you know, in a regular part of Texas. Yes. Of Texas. She's in a regular, you know, decent part of town. Um, and they're having this and children are going and no one is having a problem with it. And Texas, this part of Texas is very religious, mm -hmm. very religious. Mm -hmm. um, but it doesn't it doesn't matter to people yeah. anymore. Well, all of the evil that you mentioned has desensitized so much of the country into thinking that this is completely normal behavior. It's completely normal to bring a child to a sexual show. It's completely normal to, to have them experiencing and even engaging in tipping all of these people where they have dollar bills stuffed in their cleavage. I mean. This is how far society has degraded that you're, you're sitting in a room with all of these people and none of them see the problem. And, and even to your point, Glenn, about, uh, you know, people accusing me of creating a deep fake and this isn't true. It didn't say all ages are welcome. This was 18 and up. All of the lies that they're spewing. And it's like, number one, at the end of the day, you see the child there and you know that it's there. But number two, even if you were to ask them, OK, so you think that I'm, I'm faking it. So you admit that this is a problem. They still won't admit it. They won't admit that this is because wrong. it's not a problem to too many people on the left. Uh, I mean, and and I, I don't understand it. I saw the footage of uh, this one drag queen come out, not at this particular mm -hmm. event, where she's doing splits and her crotch. And it's horrible. And little kids are at the edge of the stage. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, this is hell yeah. Do we have. We. We have become a unrighteous and loathsome people yeah um what uh what are you doing about it because you just you got yeah. involved or you started a group I, yes. i'm not sure yes so i am working with a nonprofit called texas family project uh, we have launched uh, a special project within that called defend our kids texas and we are fighting back we are holding our leaders accountable we are holding the businesses accountable um and ultimately we would like to hold the parents accountable for all of this debauchery going on because this is clear sexual child abuse and whatever community you're a part of if it's the lgbt uh, community you are not exempt from consequences of sexualizing children. It is clear abuse and it has to be stopped. So we're holding people accountable. And um, I, I would urge your, your listeners to go to defendkidstx.com, even if you are in a different state, because our goal is to take this nationwide. And I would ask them, 
There's a donation button there, but what I'm asking them is to join the fight. I don't need your money. I need your time because for too long, conservatives have sat back and and stayed in their little bubbles, stayed and and minded their own business while the left has been infiltrating academia, the schools, uh, uh, the medical community. They've infiltrated all of these places to normalize this behavior. This is why the culture has gone so far downhill. They have been working overtime to make sure that this happens. And we have kept to ourselves for far too long. The time is now to get up and join the fight. You know, um, Hitler was really a response to the Weimar Republic. Mm -hmm. Um, They had destroyed what the German Republic even meant. Um, They drugs were everywhere. Money was loose and fast. Uh, the uh, cabaret shows were basically this, mm-hmm. but they didn't go as far as injecting it into their children. We've now injected it directly into our children. This, this is, um, you know, if we don't stop it now, it will come to a stop, but will it take a strong man to stop it? Mm-hmm. And then what do you get? From that, yeah. this this has got to be stopped in our own neighborhoods. Yeah, and and I would I would uh, urge the Texas comptroller Glenn Hager, who is a Republican, by the way, I would urge him he can take action on this today if he so chooses. Why hasn't he? It's a great question. I hope to find that out from his office today. Uh, all right, let me know the answer to that. I will. will you? Okay, thank you very much. Again, the address. Uh, for the um, website? Yes, defendkidstx.com. Please, please join us. Uh, send us your email so that we can keep you posted on what's going on. Thank you so much, Sarah. Thank you. appreciate it. There are so many groups that are being started now uh, and have been in play for the last uh, couple of years. They're much smarter than the Tea Party ever was. Um, they are actually um, getting funding because people... It's they're usually parent groups. This is where they've really overplayed their hand going after parents, going after children and going after our religion. That, that was the wrong play for them. Uh, and I, uh, I urge you to get involved locally and stand guard locally back in a minute. Thanks, Sarah. By the way, did you know that uh, the sheriffs are can actually tell the FBI? You're not going in with a SWAT team for that. Did you know that? No. Yeah, there's one sheriff, and I'm trying to get him on. There's one sheriff in the country that's already done it. Nope. You're not going in with a SWAT team. No. Period. And they have that power? They have that power. Hmm. They have that power. Um, if you have a sheriff on the ballot, make sure you know who they are. And make sure they are somebody that understands exactly what we're facing. The best of the Glenn Beck program. Okay, Matt Kibbe is here. Oh, Matt. You remember when we were just worried about, oh, I don't know, socialism and that was it? Well, I remember when we were just worried about balancing the budget. Those Gosh. those seem like the uh, the the halcyon days of of fighting for something that actually made sense. We we were talking by talking to Matt Kibbe. He's from uh, Kibbe on Liberty, uh, Blaze uh, podcast. Uh, 
Stu, we were just talking about how fast it is going, like decades in a year. It just seems like forever ago, and it's getting faster. There's there's a there's a exponential growth in the arrogance of government and the power of government and and what what Hayek would call the fatal conceit of government and and I don't think any of us expected this three years ago. Um, I was I was gobsmacked. Like what what is going on? How on earth are they wielding this much power? And why are people falling in line? I I could never understand why it was happening. So I've been digging deeper and deeper, trying to figure out where, where, what is the plan behind this mess? Is it just, is it just government stupidity? Is it just government no. power? But no, there's a, there's a, there's actually a central plan that goes back to the war on terror that I think explains a lot mm-hmm. of the stupidity that's going on now. So, yeah, I've just, we just talked about something in department of Homeland security, you know, they've got their new religion, uh, security detail, which is like, what, the, what, what? Um, but uh, if you're looking at uh, Fauci in particular, I can't believe, and they're, no, they're doing it knowingly. I cannot believe that nobody's been held responsible for COVID and, you know, where it came from. Nobody, nobody. I absolutely believe it was from the Wuhan lab. Um, and Echo or there's, Eco there's, Health. There's is, little doubt now. Yeah, there's little doubt. There's uh, Eco Labs fingerprints are all over it. Uh, it was absolutely gain of function. Fauci knew it. Nobody but Rand Paul is saying anything about it. Now we find out that Boston University has one that kills eighty percent of the mice, and that I mean, please tell me how is that not gain of function? They, it, they're taking in gene splicing to make it worse. Well, it's a, it's a killer virus built off of a killer virus that leaked from a lab that was probably built with gain of function. And yet they're saying, this isn't gain of function. It's just like a killer virus. I'm like, okay, that, why do we care about the semantics of, of what they're creating? And, th- and this is what is so shocking, I think, to people that have watched the last three years. So we're still doing it. We're still funding it. The same guys... Echo uh, Eco Health right is involved in this one right. with a with a million dollar grant. What? What? Yeah. So and and of course you've you've covered this endlessly. But I had Matt Ridley on my show I think two years ago now talking about the origins of COVID. And one reason to know that they did it was the smear campaign they launched against anyone that suggested oh, that, yeah. that the virus came from a lab. That's all you need to know. And then the second smear campaign ag- against the signers of the Great Barrington Declaration. Mm-hmm. This is all classic, um, you know, shift the blame so that no one's paying attention to what we're actually doing here. But as, as I alluded to earlier, um, this goes back to even before the 9-11 attacks. There, were, there was a hearing actually um, chaired by Joe Biden, who was the chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, mm talking about uh, building this grand infrastructure to fight bioterrorism. And, um, you know, then comes the, the 9-11 attack. And then by 2003, and this is something that Jay Bhattacharya pointed out on my show, um, they massively increased the budget for NIAID, mm-hmm. which is Fauci's agency. Right. 
and it's, and reassigning the whole project to focus on on biodefense and bioterrorism. And out of this came this mad science project where we're going to create all these monster viruses and then we're going to come up with a vaccine to to deal with them. And in the process of doing this, I think they became the terrorists. Yeah, I don't they became, I don't they became gods. Yeah. In their mind they became gods. Yeah. And they can do no wrong and uh and don't question. And and so you do become a terrorist in, in in a in a way, and I'm not saying intentional. I'm I, I don't I don't no, believe they, it's intentional at all. But I think that the fatal conceit of thinking that they could science their way out of anything of, of anything, and 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 it basically, it's it's a form of central planning. We're we're going to imagine every alternative future. We're, by the way, we're going to create those things, and we'll never make any mistakes. Well, what do you think? I mean, that is the Great Reset. Yeah. We're going to we're going to control. I mean, nobody even talking about this. They say they're going to reimagine. We've seen how that works right. with the police. They're going to reimagine the way our food is grown, delivered, sold and eaten. They they have a new plan from seed to fork, and they're planning on doing it by 2030. The unintended consequences of that could be millions and millions of people dead. Yeah, it, it makes Mao's Great Leap Forward sound like child's play. It does. It does. I mean, we are just... And by, by the way, there's a, I, I, everybody should read this. There's an essay by Anthony Fauci published just a few years ago in Cell Magazine where he talks about his grand plan to bend modernity. And this, this is chiseled in my brain now. And it's, it's in some ways even more arrogant than the Great Reset because this, there's this arrogant scientific idea that you can reorganize every aspect of society from the top down. And by the way, you know where this comes from? This comes from the first version of socialism, which was St. Simone, and he imagined replacing God with science and putting scientists in charge of everything. He was actually going to build temples to Sir Isaac Newton Mm. And we would be governed from this 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 crazy world where the really smart people redesigned everything from the top down. So before Marx made socialism violent, it was this fatal conceit that we're seeing play out today. Um, government knows no bounds, and, and then the problem is it's it's a combination of two things, right? They got too much power, and they, they have unchecked power. Mm. No one can hold this guy accountable. But they also have this idea that they're smart enough to do this, and that's more dangerous. See, I, to I me. will tell you this: this is what Ray Kurzweil. I'm a fan, and I'm terrified of. Um, and I've told this to him to his face: uh, the, the arrogance here on the singularity, the merging between man and machine, and how you can augment humans, and how it's going to be so fabulous, is absolutely terrifying, because. It, it, it is the reason why we're in the situation we are in with COVID is arrogance. Yeah, it's arrogance and thinking I can do whatever I want to do. There, you know, there was a, a study that we just talked about on Monday that uh, came out where they put human brain cells and mouse brain cells in a Petri dish. Did you see this? And it taught itself how to play Pong. And they were. And, you know, the, the, the people that were responding to this were saying, well, this is great because, you know, when does life start and it's intelligent life and all of this? And I'm like, are you kidding? 
They took human cells, mixed them with mice to see if it could play a video game. What are we doing? Where, what is that going to lead to? You know, I was I always used to point to the matrix to explain what was going on in the world, but now I've decided that it's Stranger Things. <laughs> and this is the, the, the classic story of, of a powerful government financing a rogue agency to come up with a strategy to defeat the enemy, in this case, the Soviets, and in the process, unleashing unchecked evil on the world, and they can't figure out how to contain it, that's where this goes, and this goes back to your original comment, um, that the check has to be liberty. The check has to be decentralization of all this power, because when you centralize it, and when you put one guy in charge of, of essentially all science, like all scientific research. As he said, he is science. And he wasn't lying, um, <laughs> in the sense that all the financing and all of the control of the scientific community. This is why scientists refuse to speak out. They get cut off. It's all centralized now. And that is more dangerous than anything that we've seen come out of government. But the answer has to be, and this, this is like the scientific process itself, decentralized science and arguing in public and challenging mm -hmm. one another and being humble enough to know that you don't actually know that much about right. what you're trying to figure out. The more I, the more I learn, the more I realize I, ha I don't know anything. Yeah. And that, that should be the way the world works. This is how we organize society. This is how we solve problems. And this is how the scientific process is supposed to work. You're supposed to have people arguing with each other. You're supposed to have competing sources of financing. You're supposed to be able to question authority and this is this is something uh, um, I've already mentioned Jay Bhattacharya, one of the heroic uh, epidemiologists from Stanford that signed the Great Barrington Declaration. Um, another guy that asked questions early was John Ioannidis, again from Stanford. And these were the guys that were demonized, but they I asked them, why, why would you do this? And they said it would be dangerous not to. That's that's some guts. But everybody else fell in line, which is why they always do. Um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to throw out the, the libertarian perspective on this. There should be absolute separation of science and state because it has become a religion. Yeah, this is this is um, you know this is state picking sides on what to believe is fact. Science is only right until they're proven wrong yeah you know what i mean it's a process you can't pick science as a government you can't let people pick it let people try it out you know i have no problem with the um with the fact that in an emergency if we need a vaccine the government says you can't sue them for this amount of time if you don't have to take it. Right. You know, that's a violation of the Nuremberg laws. But if I don't have to take your experimental thing, I'm totally fine with that. However, now that that is expiring, now they're going in to jam it into a children's vaccine because then it will get the protection. So both of those pharmaceutical companies can never be sued. That's an abomination. Yeah. And this this is part of the central plan. They have to 
finish the plan that they hatched even before there was a pandemic. And part of that is 100% compliance. Whether it's zero COVID or 100% compliance with a vaccine, they have to prove to their masters that the plan worked. That's why we don't have any understanding at all whether or not it's effective, whether or not it's safe. Um, that's, that doesn't matter anymore. And, and that's evil. It's dangerous. And we're doing it to children. We're doing a lot of things to our children right now. And it's all evil. It's all evil. Matt Kibbe, you can find him um, on blazetv.com, Kibbe, K-I-B-B-E. Also, freethepeople.org, freethepeople.org. But make sure you check out his podcast as well, Kibbe on Liberty. Thank you very much, Matt. Thank you. Appreciate it. Na, 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 na.